I think this year has been incredible. We had probably my biggest collaboration with Mulberry, which was a global campaign that came out in January, pop-up shop in February. Then we did our collection showcase at London Fashion Week as well in February. And then getting married from a personal perspective, that was amazing. <laughs> so, um, and also, yeah, like showcasing the new Calypso collection and doing that lookbook shoot, well, I, I was super proud with the end results of it. And obviously the GQ award, which, I've, which was a massive achievement. Welcome to Fashion Forum, a series brought to you by the British Fashion Council aimed at creating positive change and highlighting the relationship between the creative industries celebrating not only fashion designers, but the broader creative community. I'm Tan France, and today I'm the host of this episode. I am very excited to be joined today by Nicholas Daly, the winner of this year's BFC GQ Designer Fashion Fund initiative launched in 2014 with the aim to celebrate exceptional talent and empower businesses to play their part in positive growth through bespoke mentoring and awarding of a cash prize. I'm going to ask Nicholas to introduce himself by answering, first off, why fashion, Nicholas? Great to see you again and representing the brand, looking great in the pullover vest. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, I'm Nicholas Daly. I'm a designer based here in London. And as you um, highlighted, I was this year's recipient of the BFC GQ Fashion Award, which was, you know, my biggest achievement to date. Yeah in terms of my career in the industry. And it feels quite interesting for me because I graduated in 2013. So it's almost been like a decade, which sounds really like long yeah. <laughs> from when I graduated from St. Martin's to then now be the winner of this amazing award, which so many other great menswear designers have won in the past, Craig Green, Samuel Ross. I'd like to think if I could say to myself 10 years ago when I graduated St. Martin's that I would win this award, then I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Like, I want to press you further just on why. Like, did you always feel like this is predestined for you? Why fashion? I think for me, it's always been like creating and storytelling has been really important. And I felt like my experiences, my culture, my ancestry, I felt like there wasn't enough of that exposed within the, the wider society. Yeah. And I just felt fashion is like such a great vehicle for conveying all those feelings and emotions through fabric, through cut, through finish, through lookbooks, through shows. Yeah. So I just felt like it was such a great vehicle. And also you might not speak the same language, but by someone in their own style or a certain print or texture or color, you can like break a lot of boundaries. And I guess I'm so heavily inspired by music because I think music also has that same power. It's like, you know, one of the most Agreed. powerful creative forces. So I feel like fashion and music together, two of these elements, which I work closely with artists and a lot of my Collections are inspired by different genres. and I imagine it. your playlist is fantastic. And I imagine wherever you're designing, <laughs> that the playlist is so loud and so incredible. Can you, just off topic, can you give me like the, the, the music that you're inspired by? Wow. I think it all goes back to like the nuances which you pick up like when you grow up. Yeah. So my dad being from Jamaica, my mum being from Scotland. And they met together in Scotland in the 70s and they ran a reggae club together. Wow. So both my parents were, I guess, you know, part of that generation of people who were porting British music and a lot of British roots reggae music. But also my mum would have like uh, Joni Mitchell and uh, Lennon Cohen. And then my dad would have all like the heavy dub. And then there was a, a Gambian guy called Count Ozzy. So he would play all the, the high life and soca. So even within my, my mum, my dad's vinyl collection, there's this like 
very strong breadth of different yeah. soundscapes. Yeah. And obviously then me being, you know, my own genres like, you know, hip hop and R&B and like drum and bass and garage and like all the amazing sounds which I like grew up on when I was younger. Yeah. I feel like I've just been exposed by lots of different cultural nuances and soundscapes, which I guess made made my vision much wider in yeah. terms of like, you know, how I want to incorporate that within my fashion collections. I'm going to mention one other thing, and I hope it's okay to mention about your personal life. You recently married somebody South Asian. Does that help also inspire? Because you've already had a breadth of inspiration in your life. Having this extra part, your your love life, your private life, does that inspire you also? Because there's so much that's brought to fashion and artisanal work by the South Asian community. Oh yeah, 100%. And um, I was brought up in Leicester as well. So obviously oh. Leicester has a long tradition of, you know, um, the South Asian community has been, you know, there for such a long time, as well as the West Indian community. Yeah. And it's one of those, you know, um, from Diwali to Eid and like, you know, my friends. So, so even before meeting my wife um, and being married, uh, there's already like influences from like the South Asian community, I guess, within my sphere of, like um like jalebis and going yeah. down narborough road oh um, narborough road <laughs> just all these like elements which as you grow up are exposed to yeah but meeting nabia was like one of the the best things which has happened in my life i think we wanted to make sure the wedding was representative of all of the colors and nations yeah. of where we're from we had doll drummers we had Dennis Bavel, the Lovers Rock legend, obviously being half Scottish, so we yeah. had a Kaylee band, and the Kaylee band played with the Dull Drummers, wow. so it was this Celtic South yeah. That's amazing. And our dress code for all of our guests was Back to Your Roots. So yeah, we had yeah. like friends wearing their grandfather's kente cloth yeah. from Ghana. We had friends from Japan wearing kimonos. Wow. We had some Gate Shivanis and Kamizes and saris. So. Um, it was a real celebration of like, you know, everyone's cultural yeah. backgrounds and ethnicity. So I feel like me and Nabir are, are both very proud of our ancestry and obviously want to celebrate that through our work and through our weddings. Love it, love it. So I understand that you went to Central St. Martins, but once you graduated, do you remember a pivotal moment which could kind of tie into that how did you get to this point well i mean even now like i do some guest lecturing back at st martin's with the menswear year group and obviously i talk about my experiences and journey and working hard at university to make sure that you know your final collection is the best that it can be i just wanted to make sure my final collection represented me and i worked on my own casting for that i had don letts dj filmmaker cultural maverick part of that collection who still appears now in Q and A's and we just shot him in my most recent collection. So I think that also shows like my ethos of collaborating with different people as that Don was in my St. Martin's runway show 10 years ago. And here he is now in 2023, still, still part of this journey. But I guess for me, um, it was probably when a store in Japan called Beams. I know Beams very well. Yeah. They approached me after St. Martin's. They really liked my graduate collection and they were talking to me. Would I want to, um, sell my collection to their store in Harajuku, to the International Gallery Beam store. And obviously I was super excited. That all launched in 2015. That collection was sold exclusively to wow. Beams. And that was kind of the, the start of the journey of, of the brand. And then um, from that point, slowly grew 
more stockists in Japan to grow in that market. And then, yeah, it's kind of reached a point towards the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, when I was uh, awarded the new gen program through the British Fashion Council. Yeah. So that allowed me to show at London Fashion Week, that allowed me to show my collection to a more international audience, because prior to that, it was just literally Japan. Yeah. And then from that point, Dove Street Market came on board, which was great. So they stocked it in the London store and also in New York and, right. and in Ginza. And then again, just every season, trying to build my brand and the business like in a organic and, um, and manageable, because obviously yeah. there's so many elements to control. So, so Tan, you've given me why and how about fashion so tell me about yours uh mine are really simple the why is quite frankly because i had no other choice i felt it so deeply from a very young age that all i wanted to do was make clothes for my mom and my sisters and make them feel beautiful we lived in a very small town with not many south asians my family were very muslim and i really wanted them to feel beautiful in the kind of clothing they were allowed to wear which was modest clothing and so for me that was always my path i was never meant to be a doctor or a lawyer or any of those things that most south asians were encouraged to be and how my granddad owned a factory and I learned how to sew from such a young age. I, I'm nowhere near as good as I used to be. From the age of like 13, I could use an industrial sewing machine and sew a garment as if you were buying it at a retail store. I was so proficient. Then I continued on. I, I went to fashion college in my small town. I always knew I wanted to create my own brand, but I wanted to do mass retail, mass apparel. And so I moved to America. I found this company that was based out of the place that I live now, which is Salt Lake City, Utah. And I was able to learn from the ground up how you design a collection to producing that collection to distributing it across the US to wholesaling that collection. And then I created my own when I was 24. And by the time I retired at 32, I had four of those companies. And so that's how I became the version of Tam France people know now. What an amazing story. <laughs> Thanks so much. You mentioned winning new gen. And in June, you were unveiled as the 2022 recipient of the BFC Designer Fashion Fund, which, as you know, I was part of the judging panel. I want to know what the process was like for you. How did that go for you? Can you talk us through it? I mean, whenever you're in front of a table with industry people who I respect, you know, so much and designers and people like yourself and Caroline and there are nerves, you know, making sure that you control and keep composed and get through all the areas which I want to, to talk about my business and where I want it to be in three years time or five years yeah. time. Um, but I guess, you know, everything what I do, I feel is quite personal and it's like authentic and storytelling and, and, um, and I guess that's what I feel resonates hopefully the yeah. best with when I'm, in those scenarios. How did you find out about it? Was it a process of just applying online? And, and how long was it from when you applied to when you actually were unveiled as a winner? Again, this is what I say to a lot of um, the students at St. Martin's is, you know, um, you know, apply to all the grants and bursaries and initiatives which can help support your brand and, and your business. Yeah. Um, and I've been fortunate that the BFC have been super supportive. They've um, like the COVID crisis fund. I received funding during what was, you know, still is, but was such a extremely difficult period for all brands. So yeah. I was fortunate to get support through that and through the new gen program, which helped launch my brand and do a fashion show and be part of London showrooms in Milan. And then, you know, to then be received the BFC GQ award was, you know, I guess like a, 
a sort of stepping stone through all these other programs which I'd nurture my brand in with support with the BSC. This this was kind of like I guess the the accumulation of all of that support and how my business has grown. Yeah. But I think it's a testament to the reason why there's so many British brands outside of internationally, whether it's um, the LVMH award, yeah. whether it's and um, the one in Paris as well, yeah. which Bianca won, the International Walmart Prize. There's always such a good pocket or percentage of British brands because I do feel like our universities and institutions and the BFC play such an important part for it, for incubating Agreed. Agreed. like the next the next generation or my generation of yeah. of um, designers. And I think that's the reason why when you look at those LVMH prizes and you know you see who's in that top eight, I guarantee you at least you know, a quarter, if not half, yeah. might might be from um, the UK just because yeah. we have such a such a strong legacy of that. So I think that's what I feel. I feel, you know, I'm happy that I'm part of this yeah. ecosystem of other designers. You know, Charles Jeffrey, I was at university with him. Like Campbell Addy was at the same time. Grace was in the year below me. Kiko was in the MA when I was in the BA. So yeah. And then now you see all of us blossoming in so many different ways. How is that when you have all gone to college together, you may know each other loosely, but then you all take on the market together. Can there be positive competition? Is there support between you all? How does that look? I think competition, healthy competition is important in all industries. Yeah. And it's great, you know, yeah. like it, it's, it keeps you on your toes. It, you know, it wants to inspire you to do better, to make better garments to create a better business model to achieve faster growth or bigger growth or more sustainable growth is probably yeah. the most important yeah i think it's great to be surrounded by other amazing designers um, within my generation Good. so nicholas when you won the bfc gq designer fashion fund that obviously has to have an impact on your business and i want to understand how that changes your business but before we go into that i want to tell you the things that really excited me and i would like to speak for the others not too much so, but speak for the others to say, I, I, I think this is why we all agreed that you were the one. You had such a clear direction with uh, your brand. You came in and it's funny when you said um, it's kind of nerve wracking uh, in a room like that. Yeah, I would be nervous. I would be nervous also. Uh, however, you, uh, you held your composure incredibly well and you were just able to articulate who you are and what your brand represents. And I think so often when you are in with buyers we weren't buyers but when you are in a room with buyers and you're trying to convince them that your brand is the one to champion it comes down to who are you and why do you stand apart from everybody else and you had such a clear direction as to who you are and where you want to be based on your brand and how that was different from everybody else's and don't get me wrong we saw some wonderful wonderful applicants who had great brands but it was clear that yours was very unique because of how much of your own culture experience lived experience you bring to your brand and so when you were talking through every one of your pieces you articulated it so well because it was so clear you had articulated it in the garment itself and you were able to tell us why you did that so as far as I was concerned as soon as you walked out of the room it was very clear to me that he's our guy Oh, no, of course, it. of course. It, it was so beautifully done and you would never have known you were nervous. And so now that you have one, how does that change your brand? Because it seems like, and the, I, I, I guess this was my only concern when you left the room was, he's already doing great. What does he mm -hmm. need? How does winning this change your business? I mean, I think there's like 
quite a few different areas. There's the psychological area, which I think is something which maybe we don't necessarily think about straight away. Obviously, the finances is a massive so problem, nice. uh, <laughs> from a commercial sense, but I think yeah. psychologically achieving this award and everything I've put in and also for my team as well. You know, obviously we had the award ceremony, which was put on by the BSC post the announcement. And it was just amazing for the team and my mum and for my wife and my brother and my brother-in-law and father-in-law, yeah. like we were all there. And I think when you're building a business or a brand or just working within a team, I think positive reinforcement that everyone sees the vision and sees the goal, like yeah. reaching these milestones, these, these moments where all of us, myself and the team are like, look, like we've achieved this, like that, let's go that extra yeah. mile, let's let's keep pushing. I think it's a really important point you mentioned. It's so often assumed that, well, they've got, they now have this influx of money. That is the change that they needed. It's so not just that, that's the obvious, that's the low hanging fruit. Uh, you're right in saying that that hopefully galvanizes your team. So they say, look, yeah. we are respected by the industry. We've already done so much. What more can we do to garner even more respect? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, I just signed a new contract with a distributor in the US. So obviously... That you know, makes me great. so happy. That was your one area that you really were pushing for as we discussed it yeah. in that meeting. That's yeah, great. And and obviously it's great, you know, um, not for, for my internal team, but for the network, you know, my distributors in Asia and now in yeah. North America and suppliers, people who have been behind the brand, people who have you know, supported us um, in the early stages, you know, it helps everyone feel like, okay, yeah, like, you know, this is, this brand or this business or this designer has achieved this milestone and, and it really just helps give everyone a push. So yeah. that's something I do feel like doesn't necessarily get the light shined on it because, yeah. you know, it's not so much a business, a business kind of uh, mindset. It's more yeah. of a psychological kind of in intrinsic kind yeah. of feeling but it's a great the, motivator the times we're in now motivation and being able to you know pick my team up when we yeah. had you know the deliveries haven't happened or we've you know certain issues internally you know it just those moments you can really kind of push myself and the team and just give us all that extra like energy and galvanize i think yeah. that was a really good word what yeah. you said you've touched on what your inspiration is to a certain extent when it comes to music and your heritage but can you speak more on what inspires you outside of those two things especially when it comes down to community because i know that's an important part of your business so i'd love to hear about that when it comes to what inspires you i guess the community aspect is always been super important and I think it even goes back to what my parents did like even looking at what they did and carrying on the torch you know they put on these music nights they didn't make any money yeah. <laughs> because they love music and they wanted to bring people together yeah. I think that mindset has been like you know passed on to me and I guess that's how I like to approach my shows and how I communicate the brands and also through my collaborations like you know with the Mulby collaboration which launched in January I made sure that we had a part of it, which was more community aspects. So we worked with Tomorrow's Warriors, which has been running for 30 years. It's produced some of the best like UK jazz musicians and artists, and they do classes and programs at the South Bank Center. Okay. So they were part of that whole concept for the shoot and supporting them. And some of their horn players were in the video playing with Leanne LaHavis. And obviously they were like, you know, this is amazing <laughs> to be next to like, a superstar like Leanne, who was also part of the project with Fred Perry, which I mentioned during the panel, you yeah. know, we've, we've done two music grant projects supporting 
different musicians um, recording in studio session times, especially during, you know, lockdown and COVID. And again, you know, it, it was a small contribution to help other creatives within the community. But I think anything what keeps you motivated, which I think is going back to what I said about winning awards yeah. and part of a, these processes, I think that's super important. So yeah. they're just like two examples of of ways in which I try and bring in Community. ways to support the wider ecosystems of creatives. So that's the reason why I think I always try to encapsulate it. And most recently in my Spring 23 collection called Calypso, which we launched during London Fashion Week, the whole cast was all different creatives from my community of friends and oh, wow. collaborators. So we had Akinola Davis Jr., the director. We had Protégé, one of the biggest Jamaican artists, which is pretty mad that he was part of it. We had Favor, like um, she's a welder. We had Keon, she's an artist. We had Hasib Iqbal, who's a writer. We had like this, this whole breadth of people who I've crossed paths and they were wearing the collection, being wow. part of um, this lookbook shoot, which felt really, really strong. And that sense of community, which I think yeah. is super important. So I think that's why I always want to incorporate that through however, whether it's a show or an exhibition or a shoot, I think the sense of community and supporting yeah. other creatives is kind of part of my missions, really. When it comes to sustainability of your business, is that something you consider? Yeah, I think there's sustainability in, I guess, lots of different forms in Absolutely. terms of like, we try to source the best materials. We develop a lot of our fabrics from from scratch, um, whether it's working with mills here in the UK, developing linens in Ireland. We use a lot of organic cottons with our suppliers from in uh, Portugal with some of our jersey and shirting range yeah. and a lot of natural dyes and obviously the hand knitting as well, which we do, which uses a lot of like natural hemp and jute and cotton. So a lot of the fabrics and materials which I generally use are natural fibers, a lot of like reusing dead stock and vintage garments. So within a lot of like uh, over dyeing, a lot of sourcing like ex-military surplus materials and reworking those into new and interesting ways. Okay. So you know, definitely for us, it's um, it's something we always consider and, and try to improve at, like every season down to the swing tickets. They're all recyclable. The packaging for our e-commerce, that's all recyclable. Good. So it's like, you know, everything we can try to 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 consider to try and you know bring our carbon footprint down that's what we try to do from a sustainability sustainability um point of view from Great. the actual construction of garments right through to shipping it out to our customers good so. good 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 nicholas what's next what's more next? shows more in-person fashion shows greater plans to take over the world what is it i think this year has been incredible we had probably my biggest collaboration with mulberry which was a global campaign that came out in january pop-up shop in february then we did our collection showcase at london fashion week as well in february and then getting married from a personal perspective that was amazing yeah. <laughs> so um and obviously yeah like sh showcasing the new calypso collection and doing that lookbook shoot well, I, I was super proud with the good and results of it and obviously the gq award which i've which was a massive achievement so this year for me there's been a lot of goals and a lot of moments personally and professionally and my team you know we're all like super happy with what we've achieved and and how the business is growing and okay know, well that. then let's talk like big dreams no modesty pretend <laughs> you're not british for a minute what is your major aspiration for nicholas daly Oh, I mean, I think I think spending more time in North America, I feel I see the potential of the brand, but it's particularly in that market. And I see how Why so? my, I think the appetite for what my brand is and what I'm saying and the demographics of 
the people and the sense of community and everything which I've been part of, I feel like that's a market where I feel I want to spend more time and to grow more into. And I feel all creatives and designers, and this is again what I say to some of um, the students at St. Martin's is, you know, there's no point trying to force yourself in a market or a place where maybe it doesn't quite resonate yet. Yes. Not like it can't, but obviously Japan was my first territory, which really helped support my business. And that's been very constant and was basically the building blocks. And obviously the UK has been really amazing, like home soil, like um, in terms of stockists and fashion week, yeah. the support I get from the British Fashion Council. But for me, I feel like Canada and North America is the next big frontier really in terms of emulating what I've done here in London, but bringing that same energy and vibe and the sense of like community, craftsmanship and culture, those three C's, which I kind of build my whole brand around and sort of take that on tour. Yeah. It sounds a bit, it sounds a bit, I don't know how else to describe no, it. No, it sounds great. And, That's it's, it's beautifully yeah. put. I like that a lot. And like, and like trying to really connect and resonate with other creatives and people globally and grow the business. And I think from, a strategic point from a commercial and a creative space i think north america for me is definitely a place where i i want to spend more time and to grow um the business and so far it's been going really really well so i'd love to have physical stores yeah i think what we did in february with with the pop-up was just like a small slither of what the nicholas daily world can be music fashion art literature live music you know it's all this very much this sense of like um a whole world which i'm creating of friends and yeah. collaborators so i feel like more of these physical spaces or places and spaces i think that's where i feel like i can create more of those um not just in the uk but internationally so i'd I'd love to do that. All right. Well, Nicholas, we've come to the end of the conversation. But before we go, we both shared how and why of fashion. But I would like to now know, now fashion? What does fashion mean now? Or what is the future of fashion as far as you're concerned? Um, shall I go first? Yeah, you go first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, uh, when we talk about now, fashion, what I'm all about in general, it's the reason why I'm an entertainer. It's the reason why I wanted to start my own brand many, many years ago. And all of that was about showing the diversity of our people. And I'm talking about the people who are our consumers, um, showing that there's something beautiful in my culture that I want to share with the world. And uh, and when I entered the market, I'm a little bit older than you, um, it was so uh, white-centric, quite frankly. It was, let's tell the white story. And that was the right story. And for me, I wanted to be able to say, no, that's, that, that fits into a certain demographic, but I want to share more. And so that, for me, is how we use fashion going forward. It's let's make people feel seen in uh, clothing that truly represents them and gives them a voice outside of the, the, the white voice, quite frankly. Yeah, I'd echo the same the same feelings. I think that's the reason why I still go back into St. Martin's because even when I was at that point, you know, how many tutors and guest lecturers what look like you, which might have similar experiences. So I'm very much about trying to do as much as I can to help, you know, support and shine the light on other creatives from minority backgrounds to like push through and to be celebrated. But I do feel like, you know, there's been some massive leaps and changes and there's still a lot of hurdles yeah. and obstacles going. But I feel like, you know, the breadth of um, different different designers and creatives from different backgrounds and, you know, it's definitely 
much larger and wider, say, you know, from our counterparts, yeah. you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even. Yeah. So I feel like there's been some massive moves, but for me, like, I feel like, you know, that's the reason why I started the brand and like, I felt my voice or my feelings or my culture or how it was told, wasn't told the right way. And yeah. it's better to it and allow people from that cultural background to really speak truths. Yeah. Even this collection, which I did Calypso was partly based on my family tree being, being connected to Harry Belafonte, who was an amazing civil rights activist and just a legend, you know, yeah. it's nice to feel that I'm part of this lineage of you know, the Caribbean and the, and the diaspora. And, you know, yeah. Harry said he saw himself as an activist first and an artist second, or used his, his artistry as activism. Yes. And if that's the one thing I've got from Harry, even though I've never met him and after reading his book and yeah. sort of creating this collection around his ideas as an elder and someone, yeah. someone who's been through so much about pushing diversity and equality across so many areas, yeah. I felt it was only right to, to sort of on through my most recent collection. So I feel like that's my best weapon to help and support and to bring more diversity. It just keep doing what I'm doing, keep telling my stories, keep pushing, keep just keep trying to support the communities and collaborators and and hopefully within you know the next few years the brand can continue to to grow and expand. So that's all I'm um I'm hoping for. Good. I hope for that for you too, Nicholas, because um you've done something fantastic. You've done something really unique and uh you make me proud to be from the UK. I don't live there anymore, but seeing people like you makes me really proud. Really, really proud. Oh, thank you. Of course. Nicholas Daly, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I'm Tan France, and you've been listening to the BFC Fashion Forum. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you want to discuss further, drop your comments at, at British Fashion Council on Instagram. Let's chat more.